Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zenker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Still Growing in Grace. I'm glad you're taking time to join me today. I hope today's uh, content will be interesting. It's something we've played a long time ago. We had a, a forgiveness conference in January, and I'm, I'm wanting to share some of those videos with you because the content was so important, and I, I, I think you'll enjoy today's topic. Um, Paul Gray, somebody I met a long time ago in Florida, an amazing, amazing person. Um, I've invited him to share on this topic of forgiveness. So part one of two today. So let's listen in to see what Paul has to say about this topic and how the conversation goes. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. <laughs> All righty, here we go. This is my friend, Paul Gray. Paul, I met you a long time ago, uh, probably three or four, maybe four years ago, maybe five, but I was in Florida and, yeah. uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. that was... <laughs> Me either. <laughs> I think I added to your stress level every day there with my music stuff. No, the music stuff was awesome. You just got off the elevator and I went, huh? You're Paul Gray? <laughs> it was really funny. You were, I, you'd seem taller in all your videos and suddenly there's this Zacchaeus in front of me. <laughs> yeah, well, what, what can I say? I, I resemble that remark. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, it's been a, an honor since. So um, I have invited you to help uh, and participate in the thought around forgiveness. Um, my heart has been to look at identity in Christ, who we are in Christ. Um, grieving has been a heavy topic in my world, but forgiveness has been another one. And I think the forgiveness issue has so many ramifications because we can deal with the vertical forgiveness between God and us. We can deal with the horizontal. This conference is to help understand better, wider, deeper than uh, we've been told. So I, I'm looking for other perspectives that I don't even have. And already from the conversations I've had, my eyes have been like, open. It's like, okay, I didn't see that coming. Cool. So, and I don't expect anything less here. So, Paul, why'd you say yes to this? <laughs> well, I always say yes to anything you ask. I oh, got brother. so much respect for you. I, you know, so, let me send I you the no. donation button and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I... Uh, uh, that, that's one nice thing about doing Zoom stuff is you can't pass the hat in uh, person and look somebody in the eye till they pull out their billfold. But not that, he, not that either one of us would ever have done that. But uh, uh, now the, uh, uh, the, re the reason I said yes is because uh, I, obviously this is such an important uh, topic and you've already done a great job in, in uh, your videos uh, uh, on forgiveness and shame and restoration and stuff. And, uh, and I really admire the work that you do in funerals. You, you have a uh, you're a chaplain and you do uh, funerals and, and you have the opportunity to help people who are grieving and uh, and many times who still are having trouble forgiving. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Departed. 
or uh, thinking, you know, worrying that the dearly departed never forgave them. And what, you know, are they going to, are they going to meet Peter at the pearly gates? And uh, first thing they say to Jesus is don't let him in. <laughs> you know, there's I, a I, lot of fear around this topic. Oh, oh yeah. there. And you know what? I, I, I'm using a, a word. Uh, it's not, well, it's somewhat original with me, papaology. Uh, here, here in the States, we have some restaurants uh, that started down in the style called Papa Do's uh, and Papa Pizza. Uh, no, not Papa Pizza, but uh, there is a Papa's Pizza. I know there well, is. Well, there is. Yeah. But this is a different thing. Papa D-E-A-U-X, which is Cajun. Uh, and there's there's a there's a shrimp place and there's a, uh, another one, Papa Tacos, but owned by the same people. Uh, and I, I like the word Papaology um, because to me, uh, and, and, and I totally agree on what you said and helping people understand I, our identity and who Christ is. Uh, I mean, it's all interwoven, but I think, uh, I think the fear of God the Father uh, of punishment, uh, it not understanding, not understanding Papa, not understanding that God is our Father, not only our Father, but the Father of all people, and the kind of Father that He is, that He loves everybody unconditionally, no conditions, no limits, no parameters, but what no about... timetable. Yeah, there are no whatabouts. There are no, there are no whatabouts. And uh, <laughs> there, there just aren't. And, you know, you, you mentioned fear. Well, I've really come to understand that all religion, you know, no matter what brand it is, what, you know, whether it's Muslim or the, the Christian religion or Jewish religion or whatever, they're all based on fear. And they're all built on the lie, the absolute lie of separation. Mm. And they're all, every one of them, uh, including the Christian religion, is built on the lie of separation uh, that God's out there somewhere up there and he's ticked at us. We're separate. And we've got to somehow do something initially and continually to get right and stay right with him. If we don't, we are not forgiven. He's going to hold all these things against us and he, he's going to get us one way or another. Well, it sounds like an old song from the seventies going to get you one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Well, that's, that's what, uh, to me, that's what I see. What, what I like to call, uh, I wish I didn't have to, but the, the phrase I like it is the, the, uh, the world's doctrinal system of darkness. Hmm. And, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, uh, whether it's military or political or governmental or religious or whatever, uh, the the doctrines, the things that we're taught, this is the way things are. And, uh, and for the most part, we don't question, especially we don't question religion. And we've, we've just been taught, you've got to do something to get God to forgive you. Uh, you know, first of all, you've got to ask him. Of course, a lot of people think, well, I got to clean up my act before I even ask him. But you, you've got to ask him to forgive you. Then if you ask correctly, uh, he might. But then, you know, you, you got to walk on eggshells to make sure that uh, you don't somehow void that. Well, that's all a total lie. I mean, if, if you believe what's in our book, he forgave us 
before he created us. What? Right. right? Wow. Yeah. Well, but there's all these buts, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I no longer play the butt game. Uh, I, I just you're don't in kicking butt. That's what you're I, yeah, into. I just don't play that. So, so if we understand that God forgave us in advance, and of course, the myriad of scriptures that God the Father was in Christ Jesus at the at the cross reconciling everybody to him, not counting anyone's sins against him. Uh, Jesus took away the sin of the world. Uh, God doesn't, God chooses not to remember our sin or bring it up anymore. Well, what is there to forgive? Mm -hmm. There is nothing to forgive. And it's whatever we have worried about in our darkened mindset because of what religion has taught us. Uh, it, it It's all based on a lie. So, the whole forgiveness thing, as far, as far as we and God are concerned, is a non-issue. Now, very few people know that. I, I believe that's true. I believe that's what it, it took me a is. long time to come to that re revelation. It really did. Well, me too. But I can't unsee it now. No, me either. Me either. So then, if we realize that Papa is just, I, I call him Papa, and I call the Holy Spirit grace, that uh, that works for me. It works for them. There's nothing right or wrong about that. But if we believe that Papa is just like Jesus and Jesus is just like grace and they're all in us and Christ is in everybody, then to me, that throws a, a whole different light on forgiveness. Mm. If Christ is, if Christ is in me and living as me, then I, I, he, he changes my want to's. I want to forgive like he does. I want to make allowances for people's faults in advance. I want to de decide in advance, whatever happens in this relationship, uh, I, I'm going to forgive them in advance. Because I know, like Jesus did at the cross, when he said, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. You know, when you and I act out, when we do things that hurt ourselves or hurt other people, it's simply because we don't know what we're doing, because we don't know who we really are, and we don't know who God really is, and we don't know who everybody else is. So um, I, I, I really like what I, what I wanted to talk about with you in this in, uh, today is Colossians 3, uh, and uh, just, you know, some just touch on some things uh, in the first several verses of that. Um, Paul says, Christ is our life. Well, what does that mean? Well, Christ took away the sin of the world and forgave everybody's sins in advance. If that's our life, then that's what we do. Our, our life is hidden in God, in Christ. Uh, fix our eyes on that. Uh, I, I like the uh, the mirror of Hebrews twelve two. It says, "Relocate your mind," mm. uh, you know, which is another word for uh, for repent for metanoia. And and this uh, goes on to say, and, and I'm using combination here of the mirror and the passion, but eliminate from your lives all uh, concept of separation 
eliminate all anger, fits of rage, all forms of hatred, all cursing, filthy speech, lying. And those are things that we do. Those things all are part of what we do when we're angry and don't want to forgive. Mm. You know, we're, we're, we're angry, we're, uh, uh, we're raging, you know, we've got hate, we're going to say bad things about people, we're probably going to lie about them. Uh, I mean, I'm just, you know, being straight up here about that, you know, what I do. So, he, you know, he says, he says, get rid of those things because you have new life in Christ. Uh, you have the revelation of God who created you, uh, the, the mirror says. So to me, the, the key to forgiveness is having the full revelation of God that he's the father of all. He created us. He created everybody. Uh, there's no difference in anybody nationality ethnicity uh education economic status male female you know none of those things make any difference we're all children of god he's the father of all he deeply loves us all and paul goes on to say in colossians 3 be merciful as you endeavor to understand other people be compassionate show kindness to all be gentle and humble uh be unoffendable in your patience with others what tolerate yeah read that that can't be right be be unoffendable in your patience with others and that's either the mirror or the passion i i I combined these when i take took my notes tolerate weaknesses and forgive one another as you have been forgiven in jesus christ then if you um if you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them that God has forgiven to you. And of course, I know that some of your guests in this conference are going to talk about definitions of, of forgiveness. Uh, my understanding is that both in the Hebrew and, and in the Greek, forgive means to lift up off of someone, release it, let it go, and don't take it back. Don't remember it. <laughs> to yourself or to them. Uh, now, it, it, it is that easy? Well, it gets a whole lot easier the, the more you know who Papa and Jesus and Grace are, and the more you know how much they love you and, and how they tolerate us and make allowance for our faults. Um, and it's, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it at all without that understanding, without uh, listening to Grace in me, without Christ living as me. But the good news is, not only have they done it for us, but they've made it possible for us to do with others. I used to think it was impossible to forgive somebody. Oh, well, especially if you didn't know what you just shared. Because there's a, to me, yeah. you're telling me about a huge wall that's up that hinders us from forgiving. Is, am I hearing that right? Is that, I know of what course. you're doing, you're calling it out? Yeah. 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 Re- religion, now I, I'm not, uh, People are not the problem. I'm not bashing any person, any, uh, uh, it's religious institutions that have promulgated the lie that came from Adam and Eve, the lie of separation. And everything is, everything in religion is based on that. You you look at every doctrine, I, I no longer have any doctrines, but every doctrine that you look at is based on the fear of separation and punishment. And it totally ignores, in my opinion, what Jesus' best friend John wrote 
after walking with him for three and a half years and then having Christ live in him for another 60 years or so, what, what he said in, in, in 1 John 1, uh, 4, uh, God is love, perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with torment and punishment. Well, there should not be, according to our book, there shouldn't be any fear in our relationship with God whatsoever. I mean, not even an ounce of fear. So anything that, that promotes fear is, it's, uh, as Paul Young would say, it's, it's not of love's kind. And I'm just rejected. So somebody's going to think in their head right away, especially if you have a a long traditional church history, Hmm. we've been told clearly fear the Lord. So how do you handle that? How would you respond to a person? Because you just said there's no room for fear. And yet certain translations say fear the Lord. Well, I've done my homework. (laughs) That fear is a Hebrew word that can be translated different ways. Primarily, uh, awesome reverence. Uh, I've I've spent some time with a a fairly famous Jewish uh, rabbi, Rabbi uh, Lapkin. Lapkin, I I think it's Lapkin, uh, who's a, he teaches teaches finances and money management according to, you know, Jewish tradition and stuff. And he, he's fairly well known in that realm. But I, I went to a seminar that he was at one time. And I mean, he, he is a rabbi. He really knows the Old Testament scripture and stuff. And so, uh, you know, I, I had looked this up before, but I, I wanted to hear it from somebody who wrote it. And I said, what is your take on uh, what we call the Old Testament saying, uh, you know, the beginning of wisdom, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom and all that kind of stuff. And he says, that's not in our scripture. He said, it's reverent awe of the Lord. He said, the whole concept of fear of the Lord is not there in our understanding. Now, I'm sure there are different sects, uh, S-E-C-T-S, of, of, uh, of uh, Judaism. But, uh, you know, he made it real, real clear to me, that's a bad translation. That's translated by translators who have a an agenda of wanting you to be afraid of the Lord. And then they can tell you how not to be afraid of him. But just in case you mess up, you've got to come back next week and hear the next part and bring your bill full with you. That's nuts. It is nuts. It is nuts. It doesn't now, sound relational at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> no it is. The whole thing, well, the whole thing of separation is not relational. That's why that's why the, the concept of the Trinity is so important. Uh, you know, the, the uh, God's relational to begin with and has made uh, uh, made allowances in advance for any and everything. And those of us who he created and invited into the Trinitarian circle, uh, made relationships in advance to forgive us. I, I don't think God ever has to. Uh, ever had to forgive us of anything. I, th- I think that concept is is a human concept. Um, yeah, that's just, uh, I don't know if you want to go there or not, but that's my understanding. Yeah, well, it's a lens I have heard before. And for those that are not on a journey of de- deconstruction or reconstruction or asking deeper questions, that could throw someone off pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but 
the point is, if I'm hearing you right, there is room. There's a menu item that you may not have been told. You know, when you go to some restaurants, they bring you the dinner menu. Then mm-hmm. they come and bring you the dessert menu, which is separate. Some of them have a small little dessert menu on the same menu, but then they bring the real dessert menu. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the more grace menu that there there's there are options you weren't even told about. And that's, yeah. that's what I think you're alluding to. Yeah. Well, again, if, if he, if as scripture says that Paul wrote, and I, I'm pretty confident he got this revelation. Well, I know he got the revelation from, from Jesus, but I'm pretty confident that happened when he taught, you know, when Jesus taught him in the Arabian desert and took him up to uh, the third heaven, uh, when, he, when he understood that God forgave us before creation. I mean, just from a, from a, a strictly um, common sense type of thing, if God forgave us of everything before he made us, what has he ever had to forgive us for? This theme seems to be kind of repeating itself, not just from you, but there's a couple others that have touched on that. It's like, huh, this is not where I thought the conference content was going to go, but it's screaming something about the fact we're already forgiven. I had a very good friend of mine and I'm hoping he'll record with me, but was alluding to the fact of we are forgivers by nature. So the idea of having to forgive is irrelevant because we will. Yeah. When we don't, it's unnatural. That's exactly right. And we're, we're living out of when we don't, uh, we're not living out of our true identity. Um, And, and um, so do you think this forgiveness hindrance is a complete misconception of who God is? Therefore we've created God in our own image into a religious image and that is what has to get stripped and destructed, sometimes destroyed because it is a total hindrance to the love of who God is. It's a man-made system. And suddenly we see grace personified, not only in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but in each other. I see Jesus in you. I don't see you as just Paul Gray. I see here comes Jesus Christ dressed up like Paul Gray. <laughs> you know, like each one of us has a unique oneness. And Everything you said there leading up to that, I absolutely think the the the, uh, the whole thing's built on a house of cards. And um, uh, it, it, man, it's it's so refreshing and so good to know that. Uh, and, you know, it uh, there are so many ways, as you well know, Mike, that that you can come at this. But but when you understand that Jesus is the exact representation of God, as uh, as Paul wrote and as the writer of Hebrews wrote. When you understand, uh, and of course, Brad Jerzak is great in his his books on a more Christ-like God, all of these things. Uh, when you when you when you understand Jesus is the exact representation of God, I mean, Jesus just went out of his way to uh, show forgiveness, if you will, uh, acceptance, no condemnation, no judgment of the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst 
I mean, he, 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 there are stories of him, you know, forgiving uh, somebody for, uh, you know, uh, stealing a half a pound of uh, uh, wheat from the, the farmer that they work for. I mean, the, the woman in adultery, you know, he said, where are the people who condemn you? I don't condemn you. The guy they lowered in through the roof, the, the, the paraplegic, you know, I mean, he, he started right out with saying, son, your sins are forgiven. Uh, and and he, I think he did that on purpose. Just he wanted the guy to know that. But he, I, I think he wanted to cause an uproar with the I was people. Gonna say, he want to create a stink. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then then the greatest parable of all. And I think the best teaching ever on hell is the prodigal son. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that uh, that whole thing. He the boy couldn't have done anything worse in far as far as the Jewish tradition and the law went. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, the father wouldn't even let him finish his apology. He wouldn't, <laughs> he wouldn't let him, uh, <laughs> I mean, he, he just wouldn't even hear it. The words and, didn't matter. So what? No, I don't care what you say. Yeah. I love you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then to me, the best definition of hell in the Bible is when the older brother was so angry at the father, mm. at God, at Papa, because he was so good and forgave somebody he didn't think deserved forgiveness, that he wouldn't go in and celebrate. And he said, as you, as you know, Mike, he said, this son of yours, see, he didn't, he wouldn't call him his brother. We don't, we tend to not forgive people as humans because we think they're other than us, they're, they don't deserve forgiveness. Separated. Uh, separated. Yeah, separated. Uh, and so that boy was was so angry he wouldn't go into the party, and he, you know, he was he he was really ticked. He was angry. Well, that's the that's to me is is the definition of hell. It, it's a it's a religious person who is is, uh, is hell bent on thinking God ought to be like him instead of what God is like, and that God is too good, and that those people don't deserve forgiveness and welcome back, and so I'm not going to have anything to do with them. Uh, so, now, so if you of go, course, the father stayed with him, but go ahead. So if he is judging, 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 then he's created a God as a God who judges, judges, judges. That's what we do in our culture. That's what religion yeah. does. Yeah. And so if we see Jesus, or the, even the topic of forgiveness, just like Jesus, right there, every single example, there's zero evidence of unforgiveness in Jesus. Right. And it's free. Yeah. As we're talking, I'm catching all this and thinking, huh, yeah, I never saw that, that people are having a hard time with Jesus. They're not saying it. They're saying, well, I'm not going to forgive because they don't deserve it or that really hurt. And we have the list of why we won't. And not one of those lists looks anything like Jesus, but looks like an angry God. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, <laughs> Jesus, I mean, he just, he took it all. Uh, and so and go, again, back, he, go, go back to that end of the parable, that son, where, mm-hmm. where did the story end? I love this part. Well, it ends with the father being there with the uh, uh, religious boy in the hell of his own uh, creation saying, hey, you're my son. You always have been outside everything of the party. I'm, He's yeah, with him everything, outside. Yeah. yeah. And he stayed there. That's where the, cha- that's where the chapter ends. What? He so, never gives up. What? 
Yeah, and so so when you combine that with things like uh, his love is uh, uh, faithful and never ends and and never fails, and you combine that with uh, uh, in in Acts uh, the the uh, ultimate restoration of all things, and the same thing in in, in Ephesians one, uh, he stayed there with him, and I have to believe at some point in time, the the boy said. Uh, I guess you're right. <laughs> and I bet you, if the story were to continue, he'd wrap his arms around the sun and not let him finish his speech and haul him into the party. Well, what, what example do you have that he would be like that? He treated the <laughs> other, other than that, exactly the other same. Than that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Like, man, if you start to unpack some of these stories through the lens of Christ's love, that's pretty cool. You can you can really go to town on this. It, it is just so good. I mean, it, it's. Uh, okay, can I ask you one big question? We're we're almost done here. Yeah. Um, one big question I've been asking everyone, and your your whole conversation today has been the answer to this question. But I'm I'm gonna make you think of another one. But what would you see as one of the greatest hindrances people have towards forgiving forgiving someone, other than what you've already shared about seeing God differently? But what what is a common one that you've seen that, that kind of gets in the way? That how would you address that? And like I'm I'm curious what your what your lens is because I got my list, but I don't have the complete list. Well, I. To me, it seems, uh, if I understand your question right, it's thinking they don't deserve it. Mm. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I've had, uh, and I'm not saying this in any way to pat myself on the back. I, I'm saying this to say, this is how God is changing uh, my life. Uh, you know, I, I've had some people that uh, uh, have not, lived up to their uh, commitments that they made to me in different areas. And uh, I have, I've made it clear to them that not only uh, have I totally forgiven them, but I'm going to give them even more of what I gave them before, whether, whether it's money or provision or whatever. And almost every time I've had people say, but I don't deserve that. And I have, I've learned to say, I get to decide what you deserve from me. And I decide you deserve the best. And that's uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it's fun. It's, it's, it's fun. I mean, to, to see people's, um, you know, to see people's, so what's that saying? What, what, if, if their reaction is, I don't deserve this, what's that saying? And it, I think that's a huge, this could be huge for a lot of people. Okay. Well, I, I think that's, I think that's Christ in me showing me that and saying, God gets to decide what mm -hmm. we deserve. And so for me to think any person doesn't forget, doesn't deserve forgiveness. Uh, when Jesus <laughs> says they all do. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's funny how you have to pull the, uh, or clean your glasses. Like I didn't realize the lens I had, the judgmental lens. And as I begin to unpack judgmentalism over the last number of years, there's still a layer. There's still smudge on my glasses once in a while. It's like, 
oh, didn't see that. Like, we're not done learning. There's so much more. Oh, it, it, that's absolutely right. And uh, for, you know, for all of us, it, um, one of the things that, um, the, the concept, the whole uh, Christ concept of, of uh, we died with him and dying to yourself and, and all of that, uh, I'm, I'm seeing this certainly isn't the only thing, but one of the biggest things that Christ calls us to die to, as he did on the cross, is the right to judge the right to judge when when we when we set aside give up lift up die to our right to judge and to uh, hold something against somebody um, not not only is that what Christ does but it's it's so good it's so freeing I mean we're free you you, you know the phrase that unforgiveness and bitterness is the poison that we drink thinking it'll hurt somebody else mm-hmm. well <laughs> no, you know, when, when, when we actually live as Christ did, and I believe it's him in us living as us, it's just really good. I mean, it isn't so much better to not hold anything against anybody than to, to go around holding things against people. <laughs> if it's an addiction, then you don't know what it's like. Like, you don't know the freedom that you need. Because there are people addicted to not forgiving, addicted to being in control, addicted to judgment. They're addicted to complaining because they get great attention. They've, they've set up their little world, their little kingdom. And Jesus comes in, his love wrecking ball smashes it, and it's really uncomfortable. That's why yeah. your comment of, I get to judge you and your worth, meaning God gets to judge you, is super uncomfortable to the control freak. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, well, we're wrapped up here because I'm, I'm trying to keep these two just around the half hour mark because we have a lot of guests sharing, but I, I hear you're going to be sharing one more pre-record. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to you jumping in on the live panels when they're available. But thank you, Paul. Anything you want to wrap this up with? Any f- closing words? No, thank you for, thank you for doing this. And uh, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. Oh, I'm honored to have you here. I'm honored to host this. This is so much fun. I'm the one who benefits the most. (laughs) It's always the way it is. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. All right. Hope you enjoyed part one. Part two will air next week. Um, Really good conversation. Really big topic. This is, this is like uh, a really good meal. Uh, And Anissa, you had, uh, had said uh, you've been deep diving into favor and mercy um, and how God blesses the wicked and the righteous. Yet, at the same time, we recognize the, the God of love and mercy. We experience God's heart and favor and that gratitude is the gateway into God's favor. Absolutely. I uh, um, On Sunday, I was talking about um, thankfulness, having a, a default of being thankful and really, really big, big lens. Uh, part two will be this coming Sunday, but this is, this is huge. Our personal attitudes matter. Um, Valerie says it's odd to discover that we've been conditioned to believe such, such judgmentalism is loving. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. If, if (laughs) the system of religion is one of complete judging one another, um, it's not Christ-like. 
It's anti-Christ. <laughs> oh, I'm learning that's probably been one of the most difficult things. I've not arrived, but oh my goodness. Sandy, good morning. Hope you enjoyed that. Yeah, that was a very great conversation. Uh, next week, part two, join in. Share if you like this one. Uh, really good stuff. Look forward to seeing you next week, and we'll catch you then. Bye. Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.